Hey, I'm really excited that today's fifth Sunday, and I'm, I'm, I've been teaching on this series called Unstuck, and it's about you. This is like you feeling like, man, I just keep going around in circles, and I'm stuck. I'm just in a holding pattern. I, I, I kind of, when I thought about this series, I had just gotten back from uh, Labor Day weekend, took a weekend, and went down to the beach, and I thought about that wonderful, beautiful drive that everybody seems to take at the exact same time I do from the beach. Like, you'll all know when I'm leaving, and it's six hours, and you're just stuck in that same lane. This series is about, like, when your life is there. You're just stuck. Like, and and last, the first week we read from uh, some of David's writings and how he was stuck in pain. Like, he had been through so much junk, he just couldn't get past it. And last week we talked about Job and how he was kind of stuck in resentment and bitterness and he couldn't forgive and he couldn't forget the things that people had done against him. Today we're going to talk about being stuck in a storm and how to, how to deal with a crisis. Specifically, I titled it, How to Be Courageous in a Crisis. But, you know, it just kind of is not lost on me the reality that today we, we think a little bit about our missions effort and helping people around the world. And, uh, you know, we just met these pastors from the Philippines, and I think I'm right in, in you know, we set a goal to see 12,000 people saved in the 040 window, which is where uh, the gospel is just not proclaimed uh, in, in great numbers. And, and most of those people literally have never heard the story of Jesus. And I think our number kept for the year, instead of 12,000, we're already at over 16,000 people have met Jesus because of our missions efforts. That's pretty great. And, and it just makes me think about this. If you're stuck in a rough place, all right, and, and this is a, you're just in a funky place. You know what I'm talking about? You've just been in one of those just bad places. One of the best ways to get out is think about somebody else. Because I don't care how messed up it is where you are, it is messed up-er somewhere else. Can I get an amen? You may not even know that. You might give me a courtesy amen, but promise, I promise you, it's more messed up in other places. And when you think about them, when you give to them, and the verse that comes to my mind is that beautiful promise that says, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever, man, whatever your color, whatever you've been from, where you've come from, and what, whatever you, you used to think, if you just call on his name, you'll be saved. But listen, y'all, the Bible goes on and says, but how shall they call on him on whom they've never heard? Think about it. Like you called on Jesus because you, you grew up in America and you heard his name all the time. And then it goes on and says, but and how will they hear unless there be someone who talks about him or tells us about him? And how shall they preach his name unless someone sends them? I love that verse. Everybody's got something to do in that verse. If you're the unbeliever, you call on the name of Jesus. If you're a believer, you go and make sure they hear the name. And if you can't go, you send them so that someone can go. Everybody has a role to play. So I just want to stop right here before I get into my teaching from Acts 27 today and just say one of the best ways to get you off of the focus on your problems is to just be generous and help somebody out of their problems to love on somebody else, send missionaries. And you guys have been ultra generous. Some of you have been. I, I challenge everybody to be generous. In a little bit, you're going to have an opportunity to be a giver. I just challenge you to give to the mission of, of reaching lost people. Now, open your Bible. Go with me to uh, Acts chapter 27. Let me give you the background of this story. It's a real-life story, and it's kind of weird that, that there's like a shipwreck story in the Bible. But the book of Acts is really the only New Testament history book. 
All right? It's a history of the New Testament church. It's really cool, and it tells you a lot of stuff that happened. And, and the guy that gets shipwrecked is Paul. Now, Paul's important because he starts all these churches. He starts out, by the way, very religious and hating the way of Jesus. And he meets Jesus in Acts 9 in a supernatural way. You should read that on your own if you don't know that story. And then he becomes the greatest preacher. He tells the gospel. He, he starts churches. And he has this one sort of end-of-life assignment. He's supposed to to preach the gospel to Caesar in Rome. That's a pretty big deal because Caesar is the head of the greatest, most powerful nation on earth, and you're going to stand right in front of him and preach. Paul's like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. How am I going to get in front of Caesar? You know, well, God had a plan, and it wasn't probably Paul's plan. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to get arrested, and you're going to get tried for, you know, to, to, be, to be murdered, you know, and you're going to be in Caesar's court. How many of you know sometimes the plan of God sounds real good on the beginning side? And then you're like, details, you know. So the details were tough. So he gets put on a prison ship. And that ship is going uh, to, to, to Rome where he's going to stand trial before Caesar's court and he's going to preach in Caesar's court. That, that, that's that's the, the goal. Now, the problem is he, he gets with a group of people who won't hear uh, when God speaks to them. There are soldiers and there are sailors, and they want to go and, and, and set sail. And, and God speaks to Paul and says, tell them not to go, but they get anxious and they get impatient and they don't want to listen and they don't want to wait on God. Now, I know that nobody in this room has ever been impatient. And you've never been so anxious that you wouldn't stop and wait on God. You've never skipped a morning prayer moment. So you've always heard God all the time and you've I'll just cut to the chase and say we've probably all been impatient. Can I get an amen? Probably all stepped out in something that God didn't want us to be in. And this story is going to show you how do you get in a storm. The, the, the ship got in a storm. How do we get in a storm? And you're probably going to be like, yep, did that. Yep, I've done that. Secondly, it's going to tell you what happens when you're in those storms. And thirdly, and most importantly, how to get out. If you're ready, say, bring it on, preacher. All right, so verse 10, chapter 27, he says, Men, I believe there's trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. This is exactly what happened. And over the next several verses, you're going to see specific things that speak to your life. Verse 11 says, But the army officer was convinced by what the captain and the owner of the ship said, not by what Paul said. So here's the first thing that will get you in a crisis. Number one, you listen to bad advice. Paul is a man of God. He's speaking God's word to them. God had talked to him and said, don't let them go. But over here, you got a sailor, and you got a soldier, and you got a man who's in charge of the business, and they decide, I'm going to listen to that guy. Nothing gets you in trouble faster than listening to the wrong people. Now, I'm going to start off by being very transparent, and I'm going to hope that this makes y'all love me more, but it might make y'all not like me. The most frustrating thing about my job, my calling, is I kind of feel like I'm in Paul's place here. Paul's job is to say, hey, here's what God said. Here's what God wants you to do. And that, that kind of that's what I do. The most frustrating thing is to come in week in and week out and tell people, not you, of course, others. This is what God wants you to do. Go this way. Don't, now don't go that way. Go this way. And to see hundreds of people worship and amen, preacher, that's good stuff. We're going to go this way. We're not going to go this way. Amen, I'll see you next week. And walk out and go that way. It makes me want to go, ah. And then the questions arise like, Pastor, I just don't understand what God's doing. I was like, God's doing what I told you he's going to do. 
I don't know where God is. God's over here. When I told you to go over here, that's where God is. Pastor, can you give me some advice? I'm like, I do 52 Sundays a year. Would you listen? Okay, I just had to get that off my chest, y'all. I love you, but it's frustrating. And this is exactly where Paul is. He says, hey, guys, if we do that, we're going to, he said, we're going to have a shipwreck. We're going to lose our cargo and our lives are going to be in danger. And they're like, that's a good idea. Let's do it anyways. Everybody's got an opinion. My grandpa told me when I was just a little boy, opinions are like noses. Everybody's got one and they all smell. He actually had another version of that that I can't tell in church. But anyways, <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about, right? If you talk to enough people, you'll find that one person who'll tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. And the Bible says there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. What we need to do is find out what God wants us to do and not try to go on the vote of, of what other people think. Here's the next thing they did, verse 12. The harbor was not a good one to spend the winter in, so most people, everybody say most people. Circle most people if you're taking notes. And if you're not taking notes, take notes and circle most people. Most people were in favor of putting out to sea and trying to reach Phoenix. That's not Arizona, by the way. If possible, in order to spend the winter there. So here's what they decided to do. Number two, we will follow popular opinion. We're just going to do what everybody, let's just take a vote on this thing. Let's do what's popular. Let me tell you, in America in 2019, you want to get in trouble? Do what everybody else is doing. You'll get there. Here's popular opinion when you're trying to make a decision. sounds like this. Well, honey, you just have to follow your heart. <laughs> just follow your heart. You, you know, you just, you just got to do what makes you happy. That's great advice. The Bible says the heart is detestable among all things and cannot be trusted. Oh, just follow your heart. My old grandma used to say, follow. Just do what feels right. Come on, you've heard that a hundred times. You've never said it, I know. Just sit real straight face. Nobody will know you say this junk. Just do what feels right. And, and, and my favorite one is, you got to be true to what's in here. No, you better be true to what's in here. What's in here will get you in a bind. Come on, has what in here ever got you in a bind? Don't look at me all super holy like you've never done anything. I know who I'm talking to, right? We have all tried to follow our own opinion, follow popular opinion. And listen, here, here's, here's what I believe. If you want what everybody else has, just do what everybody else does. I don't want what everybody else has. Make foolish decisions with your finances. Get in foolish debt like everybody else. Sleep with somebody you're not married to. Have chaotic relationships. Have a, uh, you know, serving God when you want to kind of relationship. Then you've got a dry, powerless walk with God. I don't want what everybody else has, so I'm not going to do what everybody else does. Come on, y'all got to love me. Everybody say, I love my preacher. He's a good little guy. Thank you, thank you. That helps me keep going. Verse 13, this is my favorite mistake they made. A soft wind from the south began to glow. Everybody say soft wind. Come on, you ever been out at the beach and just a nice soft breeze came in? Or you've been on a cruise and you're out on that bow of the ship and it just, just felt so good. Watch what they did. A soft wind blew. The men thought they could carry out whose plan? Their plan because the wind's blowing just right. So they pulled up anchor. The man of God said, stay here. No, we're going to pull up anchor and sail. We'll sail as close as possible to the coast of Crete. Nothing will go wrong. So number three, we follow our feelings. Oh, there was a gentle breeze. Everything just felt right. There can't be anything wrong with this. If this has got to be great. You know, it can't be wrong if it feels so right. Everybody over 16 knows it can be wrong when it feels right. Can I get an amen? 
It can feel real right and end up real wrong. And following your feelings will get you into all kind of trouble. Why? Because, very simply put, feelings lie. Don't ever forget it. Your feelings, my feelings, all the feelings lie. And if we ignore what God says and we follow our feelings, we're going to find that out. The weather may look perfect, but when God says wait in the harbor, it's because he knows something that your feelings don't know. Verse 14, but soon a very strong wind called a northeaster blew down from the island. See, God knew it all along. They stepped up, the winds, a nice, gentle breeze, no clouds in the sky. This is a perfect day to set sail, but God says, no, it's not. But they followed their feelings and got right into a typhoon. And here's, here's, Now, here's what the crisis does to us. Verse 15, just keep reading the story. Now, remember, this is not Jerry making this stuff up. This is your Bible I'm reading right here. Since it was impossible to keep the ship headed into the wind, we did what, y'all? We gave up trying. And we let the ship be carried along by the wind. So they lowered the sail and they let the ship be carried by the wind. Here's the first thing we start doing. We drift. We give up and we just go with the flow. You know, I was trying to do better. I was trying to walk with God. I really had some big goals. But you know what, man? Every time I try to go this way, something blows. You know what? What's the use? Man, I know I'm talking to somebody right now. And I'm not trying to make light of it. It is a real struggle, and that struggle never goes away. It doesn't matter if you're trying to set aside a sinful lifestyle and just walk closer to God, or if you're just trying, even myself, trying to be a better pastor, a better father, a better husband, a better leader. There's always a headwind. Everybody say headwind. It's not going to blow you in the right direction. The winds of this world are always going to blow you in the wrong direction. And when you get in a storm, what we tend to do is give up and we just drift. But here's what you've got to remember. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. You are not just here to occupy space and use up oxygen. There's something that you're assigned to do by God in heaven. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. So you can't be drifting. Listen, there's somebody in the path that you're supposed to go down. And if you let the winds blow you out, well, it's just hard to be a Christian. Well, it's just hard to do the right thing. Well, it's just too difficult to stay on mission. What you're going to find out is there's somebody over here you're supposed to meet. There's somebody here you're supposed to impact or they're supposed to influence you. And by the way, on the drift line, there's also somebody over there you're not supposed to meet. I'm preaching better than y'all are amening. I need three amens just on credit. One, two, three. Okay, y'all are caught up even now. Okay, that's how many I've earned this morning. I'm telling you, there's this pattern that God wants you in. Man, there's blessing, there's ministry opportunity, there's hope, there's, there's everything that he wants for you. And the minute you say the waves and the winds are too strong, I'm just going to drift, you're in another. Don't think that you're only missing out on the good. There's something else in the drift pattern that is bad. Come on. If you've ever drifted, you know there's somebody over there. You don't need a young man. You get out of the plan of God. There's a woman over there in the drift pattern. You don't want no drifting woman. <laughs> young ladies, there's a drifty man over there. You don't want no drifty man. Come on, give me an amen. amen. That, that's why you can't drift. The next thing they did, watch this, verse 18, the violent storm continued. So on the next day, they began to throw some of the ship's cargo overboard. They're saying we're too heavy. And on the following day, they threw part of the ship's equipment overboard. So after we drift for a while, number two, we start to discard. We start throwing things away. That, that at some point, we said, I need this. 
This is going to be important for me to get to where I'm going. Well, just, you know what? I'm not going where I want to need to go anyways. I'll just give this up. What do we give up? Integrity, character, good choices, you know, commitments that we've made. Don't ever forget that the things that you put on your ship to get you to where you're going, God wanted those on your ship. God said, you can't get there without it. You start throwing away things like your dreams. You start throwing away things like the promises of God that God made to you. Don't, don't throw that away. Maybe it was a worship moment. Maybe it was a private prayer moment. But there was a time when God spoke to you. And he said, hey, you're going to do this. You're going to come through this thing. I'm going to use you in this way. And man, you put that like precious cargo on your ship and you set sail. And now when the winds blow, the enemy wants you to throw and jettison that plan of God. Don't do that. Man, don't get to where you're drifting and you're discarding everything God has for you. And the third thing that happens when we drift and discard, number three, write this down, we despair. And this is where we just give up. Verse 20, and this is, y'all, again, this is a great little sermon, but it's all written by the story. I mean, it's just all straight from verse by verse. Watch this, verse 20. For many days, we could not see the stars, and the wind kept on blowing very hard, so finally we did what? Gave up. We gave up all hope of being saved. See, hope's the last thing that you need to give up. But, but, but some of you may feel that right now, like it's just hopeless. These people had forgotten that God is in control. It doesn't look like he's in control. It doesn't look like that he's with you. But in Christ, there are no hopeless situations. Let me say that again, because you might have heard that before, you might have even captured that and you, you put it deep inside the cargo of your heart, but the winds and the waves of the crisis you're in caused you to throw it overboard. Let me remind you again, there's no hopeless situations in Jesus. Your family's not hopeless. You know, the financial struggle that you're in right now, it's not hopeless. The questions that you have, God has an answer for those questions. It's not a hopeless. You don't have to make a blind guess. God can literally give you the peace of God to let you know this is the direction to go in. There are no hopeless situations. You can be like Paul. You look at Paul in this whole story, man. Everybody's freaking out. They're throwing stuff overboard. They threw out the food, y'all. How are you going to live without food? They went weeks, days without food. They threw out the cargo. They eventually threw themselves overboard the whole time. Paul is chill. He's courageous. And you can be courageous in your own storm. Here's the thing you need to know. Character is revealed in crisis. It's not built in crisis. You can't wait until you're in a crisis to see what you're made of. No, you build your character in day-to-day righteous choices, good decisions, and then when the crisis comes, it reveals what's inside of you. Verse 29 says, They were afraid that the ship would go on the rocks, so they lowered four anchors from the back of the ship, and they prayed for daylight. This right here is the first smart thing they did all day. They dropped anchor and they decided to pray. Sometimes the safest thing for you to do is to drop anchor and just wait on God. Just trust in Him. David said, he who puts his trust in the Lord is immovable. I want you to get a picture of you on a boat in a a hurricane, stuff's blowing all over the place, and you said right there on the bow, man, I'm trusting in God. I'm going to drop an anchor, and I'm not going to be moved. God told Moses the same thing. He said, Stand still and see the salvation that the Lord will bring about you. You know, sometimes the the best move is no move at all. 
You just hang on to what God said to you. What's the last thing he said? You lock in right there and say, I'm not moving from this place. God called me to this place. I'm staying right here. God told me to make this step. You know, see, see, some of us, we want to keep coming back to God. You know, what do I do next, God? What do I do next, God? And I've often told people, if you don't know what to do next, go back to the last thing God told you to do and just keep doing that thing. Drop your anchor right there and say, God, if you're just close to me, if you just love me enough to speak to me, I'm just going to lock right in on the last thing you told me to do. And, and, and say, I want you to know this, people of God, you have anchors. Come on, say it. Say, I have anchors. You don't have to just float here and there and all over the place and wonder. As a child of God, you have some anchors. These men dropped their anchors and waited on the Lord. Let me talk to you about what anchors you have. Verse 22 says, but now, Paul starts talking to them. He says, now I beg you, take heart. Not one of you will lose your life. Only the ship will be lost. For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship came to me. Another translation says, last night an angel stood beside me. You know what your best anchor is? Write this down, number one. You have the presence of God. Man, you can know that you know that you know God is with you. Come on, has anybody been around long enough to know the difference in saying, I know God is with me, uh, but you know how to say, I know that I know that I know he is with me. I mean, it doesn't feel like it. I don't see it. Did you know this? Storms can't hide God's face. You may not be able to see him, but I promise you, he sees you. You're not in this thing by yourself. God is there with you. He's made promises like this. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you all the way to the end. I'll send you a comforter. So the angel shows up. The angel is right beside him. And then the angel spoke to him. In verse 24, the angel said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand before the emperor. You, you remember? Paul already knew. Paul had already been told a long time ago, before you die, Paul, you're going to stand before the emperor. And he had a lot of chances to give up on that because he almost died many times. They chased him out with stones. They tried to hang him, you know. And now, you know, he's, he's, he's being tried for a capital crime. They're going to murder Paul. But the angel comes back and says, and this is the voice of God reminding him, hey, Paul, didn't I tell you something? I wish, I just, I feel like the Holy Spirit is pausing me in this moment to ask you to remember what the Holy, what has God told you about you that you have forgotten or put on the back burner? Can I ask you to think about that? What has God told you about you? that you put on the back burner. When Paul's in the middle of an ocean, you, you know what happens, by the way, when the ship goes down and there are prisoners on the ship in the Roman Empire, you know that the soldier's last duty is to stab every prisoner so that nobody gets away. And then he can swim for his own life. It's about as bad as it can get for Paul. He's on a ship that's about to go down. He's chained how many of you know, even if you don't get stabbed and you're in a hurricane, it's going to be kind of hard to doggy paddle to the shore. But they're going to stab him. And God speaks to him again and says, wait a minute, Paul, remember I told you, you're going to see the emperor. Listen to what the angel said. Don't be afraid, Paul. You're going to stand before the emperor. And God in his goodness 
to you has spared the lives of all those sailing with you. He's, he's reminding him, Paul, you have a destiny and drowning is not your destiny. Can I speak to you right now and say the same thing is true of you? You may be swimming in it. You're floating in it up to here. Your destiny is not to drown in debt. Your destiny is not to drown in relationship turmoil. Your destiny is not to drown in depression. That's not your destiny. You have a destiny, and it's bigger and better than that stuff. And so his anchor was not only the presence of God, but write this one down. It was the purpose of God. That's what you can anchor right now. You're looking at, your ship's about to crash against the rocks. It's about to go under. Drop your anchor and remember, I have a destiny. And God's going to get you there. Come on, somebody say, I'm getting there. God's going to get you there. Your ship might get some wind. You you might even get wet. You, You might lose some cargo. But you are going to get there. That's your purpose. Drop anchor. Trust in God's purpose. Stay in His presence. Man, a lot of people drift. They run away. They don't come back to church. They give up on their worship time with God. They don't pray anymore. They don't read any scripture. They don't get in small groups where they can connect with other believers. Man, that's just where the enemy wants you. Alone and isolated and far from God. I'm telling you, swim against the current. Get in the middle of what God is doing. Get as close to God's people. Get in His presence. Drop your anchor right there. And remember this last one, you also have the promise of God. The angel said said to him, you're still going to go to see see Caesar, the emperor. And then so Paul spoke to the men in verse 25 and said, take heart, men, for I trust in God that it'll be just as I was told. See, God had told Paul some stuff. And Paul said, this does not look like what God told me. (laughs) I'm going down, they're about to stab me, and I'm going to drown or bleed out. But I'm just going to stop trusting what I see and trust what I've heard. Are you trusting what you see or what you've heard? Because you know what? Just like God had told Paul some stuff, God's told you some stuff too. He's told you that you're his child. Right? And he's jealous for your presence. He's told you he'd never leave you and never forsake you. He's told you that you're the head and not the tail. He said, if you sit with me, I love this in the Psalms, you sit with me, I'll make your enemies a footstool. (laughs) You're like this. Your enemies are like a mountain. And you don't know what to do and God says, sit down. That's a great attack posture, isn't it? Sit down. I'm going to tell you what, you know, everybody's got to either fight or flight uh, mechanism in them. Do you know which one you are? I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a fight. Back me up in a corner, somebody's going down. God says, yeah, you're the one going down. Sit. And I'll make your enemies your footstool. you got promises like that. This book is covered up with promises like that. So what you've got to do is anchor your soul in that. Don't freak out. Don't give up. Don't just drift and throw in the towel. Don't throw away who you're called to be and who you want to be as a person. Hang on to what God said to you. And, and, and let this verse, th- this is the one verse that brings it all together for me. Verse 29, they were afraid that the ship would go on the rocks. So they lowered four anchors from the back of the ship and they prayed for daylight. You know, you're sitting in daylight church. 
You know what the name Daystar literally means? It's the name of Jesus in the New Testament. But it specifically, you know, a lot of names of Jesus. The Rose of Sharon, the Morning Star, the Lily of the Valley, all, all that stuff. But Daystar literally speaks to the brightness of his presence. Second, Tim, uh, Second Peter 1 and 19 says that you have a sure word of truth that you can hold on to like a light in a dark place. That's, it's talking about the Bible. And it says, and you can hold on to that truth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arises and shines in your life. You know what that means, church? That, that, that's why, that, that verse got all over me, and I said, let's just have a whole church named Daystar. What that verse means is, this is a dark place. Say amen if you know it. It's a dark world, a lot of stuff going on you wish you didn't have to live in and send your children out into. It's a dark place, but there's a light of hope, and it's all the promise of God's Word. And if you'll just take this light, this little bit of light, and you'll just hold on to it in a dark place, there's coming a time in your life when the day is going to dawn. It's not going to be dark all the time, and the day star is going to rise and shine in your life. Hold on. Just don't quit. Come on, elbow your neighbor. Say, hold on. Don't quit. If you'll take this sure word of prophecy and hold on to it like a lamp in a dark place, the morning star is going to rise and shine in your life. Oh, I'm talking to somebody right now who's thought about giving up, thought about quitting, thought about just letting go of their dreams. And God's word from the front to the back and in the middle of a story like this is trying to tell you if God puts something in front of you, if you'll hold on to him, you'll get there. There are people who don't want you to get there. There's an enemy, a spiritual enemy, who doesn't want you to get there. None of those people have the authority to keep you out of the will of God. You're the only person who can keep you out.